The Dallas Stars have evened up their second-round series against the Seattle Kraken after a 6-3 win in Game 4. And on today's episode, we'll be highlighting some of the heroes from this game. Miro Haskinen comes back after a scary upper-body injury and leads the game in time on ice. We'll talk about Jake Gottinger's mental toughness, and we'll also talk about Max Domi, the surprise hero from this game. All of this and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bing bong. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Wednesday, May 10th, and today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast at or on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, let me know in the comment section down below how you're feeling after last night's big win. The Stars and the Kraken now even at two wins apiece. It is now a best of three series headed back to Dallas for game five tomorrow. Thursday night and plenty to discuss uh, after game four. The Stars had their back against the wall. There was a little bit of uncertainty headed into the game about the kind of performances we would see from the team, but a lot of those were quickly put to rest. And one of those question marks was Miro Haskinen, who was technically a game time decision going into game four. He takes that puck to the face in game three. He gets his face stitched up. Uh, Pete DeBoer said after game four that those stitches affect him, the way that he eats and uh, I think even sleeps. So it's not just, a, oh, you know, it probably hurts a little bit, uh, but it's whatever. I mean, this this is something that is changing the way that Miro Haskinen is having to live his life at the moment. Yet he finds a way to power through and he plays in game four and he doesn't just play. He leads the game in time on ice. He skated for 31 minutes and two seconds. That is over half of the game. Uh, in case you didn't know, an NHL hockey game takes up 60 minutes of clock time. Miro Haskinen skated 31 minutes and two seconds of that time. Uh, and the second or the next closest player on Seattle's roster, defenseman Adam Larson, with 22 minutes and 44 seconds. Miro Haskinen is not your average defenseman, but unfortunately, most people outside of Dallas and most people who don't watch the stars as consistently as a lot of us do don't see him that way. The, I feel like I'm getting a sense here in the postseason that these national broadcasters, whether it be ESPN, TNT, TBS, you name it, I, I'm getting the sense that they don't necessarily understand who they're getting to watch. Uh, they really, and I mean, this can be traced back to even to game three. I feel like there wasn't really a concern on the broadcast. I mean, I think there was concern for Haskinen's health and well-being, but not really a concern for the Stars as a team in recognition of, hey, you're now missing your best player and far and away your best defensive weapon. And even 
when we saw how bad the stars were without him, I feel like there was just no discussion on the broadcast or maybe there was, and I just missed it or, uh, you know, was unaware that there was discussion happening, but it, it, I feel like, you know, if you're watching a broadcast and, and you see, you know, it's Colorado or it's New York and Kale McCarr or Adam Fox, or even with Nashville, if Roman Yossi takes a puck to the face like that and leaves the game, that's all those announcers are going to be talking about for the rest of the game. And I feel like it, it did get brought up, but it was more, Oh, you know, it's, it looks like he can come back, but Oh, now he's not coming back. And uh, I guess it's because of the score, but it wasn't really, man, the stars are really lacking because they're missing their best player. And then even on, on Tuesday night with Miro Haskin and playing, I feel like these announcers just felt, it felt like they were shocked to see Miro Haskin and making all of these huge defensive plays that we saw him make. Several really good poke checks. Uh, he laid a few big hits along the boards, won some puck battles for the Stars, navigated the defensive and neutral zone very, very well, as is per usual. And, and I feel like, especially with those defensive plays, felt like at times the announcers were just absolutely taken aback as if they weren't expecting that type of play from Miro Haskinen. But again, for people like you and people, or, yeah, you and me, people who watch the Stars consistently, we see Miro Haskinen make these kind of plays on the regular. And it's starting to just get to a point where it's a little bit ludicrous that, that he's not getting the recognition that he ought to be getting. Going into this season, a lot of us really had the belief that this would be the year that Haskinen would finally start to garner the recognition uh, of being in that upper echelon of defensemen, uh, at least in the eyes of the, of the national media. I feel like we've known for a while that Haskinen is special, but we, we were finally ready for him to get that attention and the recognition of, okay, this is a guy who belongs in the same conversation as Kale McCarr, as Adam Fox. And he's done that. A 73-point season, uh, incredible defense on the other side of the ice. But yet you, you even just look at you know the award nominations. Kale McCarr, with 66 points, is a Norris finalist despite Miro Haskinen again having 73 and McCarr did miss a good portion of the season due to injury, but that's not Miro Haskinen's fault. It's not, not anybody's fault. It's not Kale McCarr's fault either. He still he had a good season. I'm not trying to discredit the, the kind of player that Kale McCarr is or the season that he had, but saying that he should be a Norris trophy finalist over a guy like Miro Haskinen feel, feels wrong to me. And I feel like it's just, uh, uh, you know, one thing stacked on top of another, of Haskinen not getting the recognition that he deserves. The, I, the NHL seems to be unaware that they have a superstar defenseman playing in Dallas, Texas, and it feels like the only people who really know this are people in Dallas. And even you want to look at the, the rest of the Norris nominations. I mean, Eric Carlson's probably going to win. He scored a ton of points, but he doesn't play on the penalty kill. It, it's a defenseman award, and I know scoring points and generating offense at the blue line is part of it, and Eric Carlson was very good at that. He doesn't play on the penalty kill. He, he doesn't experience the whole gameplay experience. He doesn't play all of the aspects of defense like Miro Haskinen does while also chipping in on offense as well. Again, I know I'm really preaching to the choir here, and I shouldn't be surprised that Dallas Stars players are getting left off of award sheet ballots, not getting the recognition they deserve because really – Seemingly at every position they have, uh, or at least, you know, all three aspects, quote unquote, uh, in the crease, defensive and on offense with forwards, they have a guy that could be nominated for the award there, whether it's the Vesna, uh, the, the Norris, or even maybe the Hart Trophy with Jason Robertson. 
and at this point, it, it, it in my mind, it is disrespectful, but I know Miro Haskinen certainly doesn't care about that kind of stuff. He's an ultimate competitor. He wants to win games. He wants to win playoff series. He ultimately wants to win the Stanley Cup, but it's just crazy the, the lack of recognition that Miro Haskinen gets because the Stars don't win this game without Miro Haskinen. We saw what happened when he departed from the ice in game three, and then we saw what he was able to do in game four, probably not at 100% and probably in quite a bit of pain. And yet he was able to play incredible defense. He picks up an assist in this game on the first goal of the game, uh, helping Jamie Benn score his second of the postseason. And just unreal, unreal what we're seeing from Miro Haskin. And I feel like it's not too surprising for those of us who follow the Dallas Stars closely but it's about time that the rest of the NHL world woke up and started to recognize the kind of player uh, that, that is playing here for the Stars and a, a huge reason for the success that they've had in the regular season, but also now here in the postseason. And if the Stars are able to eventually advance to the Western Conference Finals, I'd be willing to bet a good amount of money that Miro Haskinen has a big reason to do with that. Well, there's plenty of other players to give recognition to for their performance in game four against Seattle. And of course, uh, we were critical of him after his game three outing, but he proved all of the doubters wrong, myself included uh, in some ways. We'll talk about Jake Ottinger coming up next. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at Indeed. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that you can help do it all. We streamline hiring with professional, powerful tools that find you matched candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job according to Indeed data. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on offer good for a limited time. That's indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. I want to thank you again for making locked on stars your first listen every single day. Big shout out to the everydayers out there making locked on stars part of their daily routine, especially here in the postseason as we experience the highs and the lows together. And it was pretty low after Sunday night with that game three loss. But now we're starting to trend upwards, or at least the Dallas Stars are starting to trend upwards. The series even at two apiece. It's now a best of three, and the Dallas Stars are guaranteed at least one more home game. But they also do have game seven in Dallas in their back pocket if needed. But a huge reason for the Stars' success in Game 4, you have to give a round of applause to Jake Ottinger, who is now 21-1-3 and after losses this season, including in the playoffs. We talked yesterday about the numbers that Jake Ottinger put up uh, after that ugly loss against the Minnesota Wild in Game 3, uh, a, a save percentage above .906, uh, a one-goals-against average. He posted a shutout during that stretch. I mean, this this was to be expected, and, and this wasn't a resounding, overwhelming Jake Ottinger performance. It certainly wasn't a perfect outing, but it was still 
very good and much improved from what we saw over Sunday, which again, really shouldn't be too surprising. You've been keeping an eye on Jake Ottinger all season. Uh, he did let a few goals go in, but I, uh, you know, they weren't the worst goals to let go in. I think in some ways you can give some credit to the Kraken for scoring uh, rather than say, oh, Jake Ottinger could have done this. He could have done that, especially that first Jaden Schwartz goal, uh, a really quick bang, bang play in front of the crease. If anything, the defense maybe could have been a little bit tighter there. Uh, and Schwartz is able to get his stick on the puck. It goes in Adam Larson's goal, the third Seattle goal, the final one they would score a 92 mile per hour shot with a ton of traffic in front. That's going to be hard for any goalie to save, uh, in, including Jake Ottinger, just given the circumstances. But he still made plenty of big stops in this game. According to natural stat trick, he saved three out of four high danger chances at five on five. He stopped two power play shots on goal from the Seattle crack in the stars penalty kill continuing to, to shine here in the playoffs. And that of course includes Jake Ottinger, who is often the stars best penalty killer uh, coming up with plenty of big saves. There were plenty of times where the puck kind of trickled into the low slot or trickled into an area where there was a golden opportunity for the Kraken to score a goal. And at a lot of times it was in the second and third period where they really could have had a chance to get back in the game or really start to tilt the momentum in their favor. But Jake Ottinger stood his ground, looked calm, cool, and collected, and continued to make some very big saves in order to help keep the Stars in the driver's seat for the majority of the contest. Jake Ottinger showed his mental toughness and showed that he is one of the best in the league in that regard. His ability to learn from his mistakes, but also forget the bad performances, pick himself up, and move on. That's so important for a professional athlete to do, especially a goalie in the NHL. If you ponder too long on the lows, you're going to continue to get the same results. But if you learn from your mistakes and understand that nobody's perfect and nobody's going to have a perfect night every single time they step out there on the ice, but it, I mean, you, you can only control your attitude, your effort, which Jake Ottinger knows that things aren't always going to go your way. But as long as you continue to work hard and look for ways to improve yourself, and take accountability whenever you do perform less than less than ideal, which Jake Ottinger does. If anything, maybe he's a little too hard on himself at times. I mean, he's continuing to show, despite his age, despite being one of the younger goalies in the NHL, he has already got a lot figured out in terms of being a true professional and a truly mentally tough player. And it's been such an incredible journey to watch in his development from his rookie season a couple years ago to where he is now continuing to be the backbone of his team when a lot of people outside of the Stars bubble were probably expecting him to finally start to fall off a little bit. It's not all going to be you know, an upward trajectory throughout the postseason. We talked about this yesterday as well. We've seen plenty of Stanley Cup champion winning goalies have bad performances in the playoffs, but the good ones always find a way to bounce back. And now Jake Ottinger with his team is headed home to defend home ice with a huge win at stake. And, and this is an opportunity here in game five where the goalie battle can really start to reveal itself to be tilted in the stars favor. I mean, we saw Jake Ottinger get chased from the game on Sunday, and then we see Philip Grubauer get chased from the game against the stars on Tuesday night. So can Grubauer, can he do what Jake Ottinger did? Does he have what it takes in order to bounce back and deliver a big-time performance for his team. And again, Jake Ottinger was good. I still feel like we, we have yet to see that true, dominant Jake Ottinger game here in this series. 
but but can Philip Grubauer bounce back or, or, or are we starting to see a decline there? I, I'm not saying that that Grubauer is all of a sudden going to fall off because he's been incredible. He's been terrific in the playoffs up to this point. And it's going to be so intriguing to see how Jake continues to try to build off of what he just did in game four and also see what Grubauer can bring to the table after getting chased out of the game on home ice. Is the mental toughness there? Does he have that same mental toughness as Jake Ottinger? And we're just going to have to see. I know Philip Grubauer's regular season numbers, not great, but he is a living testament to it's a whole new game in the postseason. But I'm curious to see how he responds. But I know, I know what we're going to get from Jake Ottinger because he knows what's on the line in this game. And he knows that his team needs to get this win in order to take their first lead of the series. Well, we're going to continue to talk about some incredible performances here in game four. And there's one guy that I, to be honest, wasn't expecting to talk about after this game, but he played his butt off and he certainly deserves some love after his game four outing. We'll talk a little bit about Max Domi coming up next. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is also brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun that you'll have. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% the difference. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Another special thank you to all the everydayers out there who continue to make Locked On Stars a part of their everyday lives. Uh, the show doesn't happen uh, without an audience, and you guys have been an incredible one all season long, and we're going to continue to go into the postseason as deep as the Dallas Stars will venture, and even into the offseason. But we're not here to talk about the offseason just yet. We're here to talk about Mad Max Domi, who was an unexpected hero in Game 3, a surprise to be sure, but certainly a welcomed one with his performance on Tuesday night. A three-point game for Max Domi, who the Stars acquired via trade at the deadline from the Chicago Blackhawks. And he really just did a little bit of everything. He scores a regular goal, a very timely goal, uh, the, the Stars' third of the game to really start to you know put the distance between the Stars and the Kraken. For a, for a second, it looked like it might get overturned for goalie interference, but I, of course I'm going to sound biased saying it, but I think it was the right call to let that goal stand. He gets the regular goal. He gets an empty net goal to ice the game. The Kraken only down two. They pull their goalie. They pull Martin Jones, and then you know they're looking to get that goal to really pull within one and really start to get that momentum. But then Max Domi makes a sweet play to get the puck out of the offensive zone and then drive down the ice to score the empty netter, the dagger. And then, of course, he, he a beautiful assist as well, uh, feeding Thomas Harley for his first career NHL playoff goal. Just a beautiful sequence, the kind of plays we've expected to see, the kind of plays we've gotten used to seeing from Max Domi. He's also oh so pac patient with the puck on his stick, 
whether it be with passes or even the goal that he scored. He didn't fire it right away. He moved in nice and close and waited for the opportune time to strike. Uh, just an incredible player with incredible hockey IQ. And he also won 60% of his faceoffs, which was a big draw to get him to Dallas whenever we were speculating at the deadline. The Stars are already such an incredible faceoff team. And then adding a guy like Max Domi, who is typically above 50% every single game, if not hovering around 60%, uh, like he was here in game four, skating 14 minutes and 45 seconds of time on ice. Not necessarily a ton of time on ice for Max Domi, uh, you know, just because of where he plays in the lineup and who he plays with. But whenever he's out there, he makes the most of every shift. And that's something you've got to appreciate with a guy like him. He puts in work every time he's out there on the ice. He finds ways to get under def different players' skins uh, and really gets into the heads of the opponent. He's putting together a very nice postseason campaign. And you have to imagine he's going to get paid a pretty decent amount this summer, whether that's in Dallas or somewhere else is to be determined. I really do think that he'd be a nice guy to bring back if the Stars can do so without overpaying. I, I personally think he's a great fit. I just don't know if it's going to happen. That's a discussion for a different day because you could make the same argument for Evgeny Dodonov, who is also uh, playing very well here in the playoffs. And really what was the, the big fish that the stars got at the trade deadline and Max Domi was kind of the dessert with the Donoff as the entree, as a lot of people have said, and I agree, but Max Domi uh, continuing to show his value here in the postseason. Uh, it's a shame that he spent the majority of his year in Chicago, uh, just seemingly wasting away, but he's joined a playoff team in the Dallas stars and he is making his presence felt. And he is a key aspect to the stars win on Tuesday night. He's been a ton of fun to watch. I've really enjoyed just watching him give it his all every single shift. I mean, he is, when you think about guys who are representing the brand of Dallas Stars hockey, Max Domi is a guy who typically appears up there pretty quick. He's a gritty and grindy player, not the biggest guy out there on the ice, but he doesn't let that affect him or the way that he plays the game. Uh, and again, just his fingerprints all over game four. And I expect that to continue to be the case as this series goes on. Uh, just continuing to make an impact on the offensive side, on the defensive side, and of course in the face-off circle where the Stars have been the better team all series long. But that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you so much again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Remember to hit that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, follow us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. You can also find and follow us on social media at Locked on Stars on Instagram and Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. We'll, of course, be back here tomorrow getting you set for game five of the Stars and Kraken meeting back up at the AAC to see who can take that coveted 3-2 series lead here in the second round and get one step closer to the Western Conference Finals. Should be a great game. And we'll, of course, be talking about Jason Robertson and hopefully getting some health updates uh, for guys like Mason Marchment, Yanni Hockenpah. Hockenpah, of course, did miss game four, tied DeLandria out with the flu. And Mason Marchment uh, does not return to the game for the second and third period after taking a straight elbow to the head. So hopefully we'll have some updates on the health and well-being of a few different Dallas Stars players. But I hope you guys enjoy your Wednesday. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>